0: Dream uh, and behind them is as where they uh, perhaps a, a week ago um, had a coffee and could look out on that beautiful view and perhaps it's a, it's a great study because perhaps in his mind, things look pretty hopeless, and for many Australians, uh, no doubt that is the case there are um, I think it's about 60% of Australians surveyed recently um, are affected directly by this bushfire catastrophe that, is, that has happened in Australia. Yeah, I'll just point that away. So, it, it, and it, it just affects us in so many ways and yet in the midst of, uh, of, of this uh, great, Uh, devastation that we've been having. It's just magnanimous. And of course, we in in Brisbane have escaped a lot. We saw a bit of smoke before Christmas. But we have just been, I don't know about you, but I've been glued to media and just what's been happening. And and our prayers have uh, been not only for those that have lost homes, communities that have lost their their very village or town, um, but also, you know, farmers that, uh, that... have had their livelihoods, uh, and the millions, countless millions of wildlife that have, that have. Okay, so we could become very depressed pretty quickly, just by talking about it. And we we need, to, as Graham has said, we need to realise too that we are still a nation in trauma, uh, a, a nation in grief, and uh, and so, but just because it's not uh, number one in the. Uh, the, the latest news broadcast um, when we had uh, an earthquake uh, yesterday in Malatia, where Ben and Christy actually used to live, and so they are currently uh, aware, um, just aware of a number of people, of their friends and people that they know, uh, a number of lives lost, uh, quite a number. So uh, that's that's something to you know. Consider. There's always something. There's often something happening, but we need to uh, appreciate um, what people are going through. And I was just really inspired by um, Relationships Australia uh, CEO Alison Brook, who just began to look in terms. This is in terms of human hope in the midst of the turmoil, the, the sorry, the turmoil, political posturing, buck passing, and human-induced mayhem there are a number of wonderful things that transcend the disaster. And she speaks of, firstly, is love. Um, Many stories already of people who have lost everything, but homeless people have turned up at their neighbour's home to help put out spot fires there. Of those who've gone straight back from their own devastation to evacuation centres who are volunteering their services to others. So the word of, of love. Uh, and we've seen that, which is great, in media. Um, people going, just joining together, caring for each other. Uh, it's been great. The, the second thing she mentions is heroism. Uh, those who fight the fire supported by their other responders are asto- astounding in their professionalism and courage. She goes on to talk about that. Just the outstanding work of those um, who... who are. Uh, going into the fray. Uh, the third is generosity, led by many around the world who see Australian disaster. I mean, it's been amazing, unprecedented. As the clarion call to international action on climate change, et cetera, and the protection of our natural world, there have been countless donations aimed at alleviating the destruction from its current this current event and starting the process of building resources that will help Uh, A fight to stem the impact of rapidly changing. Anyway, she goes on there. The fourth one is community and the innate need to belong and contribute. Uh, There are countless tales of communities being drawn together, closer, supporting each other to face a future together that is bleak but bearable if faced collectively. And and so I, I think that's, that's great to look with a sense of hope because hope is in within us. I'm always amazed when I go back to Christchurch, that city which was flattened uh, in 2011. Uh, the CBD was virtually just flattened. It needed to be flattened because the existing buildings had to be pulled down. Anyway, and yet the human spirit, and when you you'd go there, even a... Uh, a year later, there was in a, there was a buzz about it there 's something amazing in the human spirit which is which is always worth celebrating but you know this, in in this mix when we 're looking about hopelessness and trauma and the world, the more we know, the more we see that there is trauma everywhere <coughs> and in every place um, but we share, as that song says, a living hope in Christ. And as we, the people of God, I mean, it, it, that living hope didn't come from nothing. It came from the Son of God who would come and pay the great penalty for all of us so that we, through his death, might have life and and that we might be born again to this living hope. And... Uh, Amazing passage here, 1 Peter one three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has called us to be born again to a living hope. Through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. And the whole notion of this living hope that we share is, and as we'll explore through the scriptures this morning, it, it is that it's, it's a hope that is beyond human help. It's beyond... I mean, I have no question that God has been at work in, throughout Australia, whether people are religious or non-religious. Uh, there's something of God that comes. God's Spirit is at work. There's no question about that. Uh, however, there is a dimension of hope and life and faith and grace... And all the things of God that are far above that. And it's important that we as God's people have a good grasp on that. Because if we're to look with hope, if we're to have this 2020 vision, as many people are talking with, this year, I really believe that we need to have a solid solid grasp of this, this hope. Born again. To a living hope. And so, you know, Jesus talked about being born again. It's being born of the Spirit. It's an act of God that actually, as we we hear the good news of His love for us and respond, God, by His Spirit, does something in a person who believes that is supernatural, that it cannot be mimicked. It is real, it is powerful. And and it's living, and it continues, and it will continue forever, beyond this world. Uh, there is a bit of a talk about fire in the Bible as you read through the end of the world. Um, so um, let's, get, let's get fireproof. <laughs> you know, one of the things, stories I, I've told, uh, it was because it's so impactful in my life, and this Actually, is a, is a clock tower. It's called the Edmonds Clock Tower. Uh, obviously, from if you're a Kiwi, uh, you'll know Edmonds Edmonds baking powder, and uh, and so Edmonds was a very significant uh, New Zealand company, and uh, and they obviously sponsored this clock. And it's interesting that on each of the faces of this clock um, is a theme. And there's a theme in glass, a theme in sculpture, and it's also written there, and I don't know if you can make it out um, anywhere, but you'll see the word hope there, and I'm just trying to see, that's faith, yeah. So uh, there are, around that clock are four, four statements. Uh, one is uh, charity, uh, one is peace, one is faith, and the other, hope. And why it's so impactful to me? And in fact, during the, the earthquake, the top top jumped off the bottom, and uh, and so this is just uh, this picture in the in the dark. Anyways, a picture of the uh, restored uh, clock tower uh, that I'm I'm glad it's still there because I cycled around that, uh, and in uh, 1974, and I cycled around that one night on the way uh, home from work, I, I believe. Uh, I think I was working in a, uh, just doing a bit of night shift in a bakery. It wasn't very successful because it used to make me so sick. I certainly got out of that job, the smell of bread. It smells good at the bakery, but I tell you, when you work at the bakery, it's a different story. Anyway, I'd come home and, and that had nothing to do with what I, I maybe I had something, but I, I, <laughs> I went round that clock tower and and I just thought, oh, there are these words on there, and so I just read each of those faces I'd never noticed before, and then I came to the word hope, and as I paused on the word hope, um, I I thought, what a pathetic word! In fact, I thought a lot of the words there were pretty tame, you know. And I stopped on that word hope, and I and I thought, what an empty, futile word that word is, and. Uh, and it was so significant uh, that, um, that I remembered it. but And I remembered it particularly because within a year, that word had completely changed the status in my life as I found Christ. And I realised that word hope at that time was more a reflection of my own hopelessness. And my lack of revelation or lack of understanding of the hope that God provides for Those who have faith. And you know in this passage here, um, uh, Romans 5, it it brings into play um, those statements. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have obtained access by faith into his grace or the word grace unmerited kindness or love in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. It's speaking about a hope that is beyond uh, beyond this life. It supersedes this life. It it is far more extravagant. It's far more powerful. It's far more enduring. Um, It's far more significant than hope in a human sense, a limited sense. It says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction or evidence of things not seen. And so the, the here's the thing about um, faith is, and your f- a hope is, is that often it's related to things that are not seen with the human eye. But they're related to what can be perceived when a person can see God and see the things of God and comprehend Christ. And so faith is like the action word. Uh, faith is the action worthy, the demonstrative thing that we act on that brings us into hope. For in this hope we were saved. Now, this is pretty amazing, isn't it? That it has a part in our salvation. Hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he has seen, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So there's, there's, there's a, um, a call here to wait with patience, and patience, of course, is a fruit of the Spirit. Um, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance. So we see these qualities. And so it's not just hope is not just a nice word uh, that we can have on our our, our back uh, veranda, as it were, um, and, and think little of hope is very much in the mix of our day-to-day work through difficult times, through hardship, uh, through struggles, through through, uh, suffering at times. And that's why um, Paul, to the Romans again, um, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. And so the... The power of indulging, of immersing, of being in the word and not, you know, this year, if you're not a Bible reader, but if you're not an avid Bible reader, here's a challenge to you. If you want to be filled with God, make the reality of the scripture, reading, the discipline of daily reading, a reality in your life, because it will bring hope. And you'll need that hope, but others will around you too, because... The thrust of Scripture is to bring this divine hope. We've, we've been on this Scripture here. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give a future and a hope. And it goes on about calling on God and, and he'll be there. He's calling us into relationship with him. And, and this passage, as some have noticed, is not a, just a warm fuzzy for um, 21st century Christians but it comes in the midst of a people who had actually missed God and generally they'd walked away from God the consequences of their their lack of relationship, lack of engagement with the Almighty was that the Jewish nation was led into exile where they suffered in exile but eventually God in his mercy and they desired to come back of course God brings them back. And in, in the midst of this, what we hear is that God has an appointment with them. That through their suffering, through the chastisement of, um, you know, of being in a, uh, out of their own land, and in a slave nation, God uh, brings them back. And what he wants is that we will enter into this amazing Relationship. He wants to give us a future and a hope. But it only comes, this eternal hope only comes when we are in relationship with him. Micah, uh, again, as for me, I'll look on the Lord and confident, I love this word, you know, one of the themes of Daniel is, you know, those who do know their God will be strong, they'll be confident and they'll do amazing things because God is there in the mix, in their lives, he's central and I'm uh, confident in him and I will keep watch, in other words, he's looking, it's a disposition of looking. Of uh, thinking of the, the 2020 vision thing i 'll wait with hope and expectancy for the God of my salvation. my God will hear me more than that, it goes on in, in uh, Romans five. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. See these words over and over again. Endurance produces character. who wants character? It comes through suffering, comes through endurance. <laughs> But it produces hope. It produces hope. And hope doesn't fail us. Hope actually lifts us up. Because the love of God comes into us, it's poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And so we're beginning to see here, there's a key to the reality of hope. It's all about the Holy Spirit in our lives. Whom Christ died and rose again. And his victory is marked by the presence of the Holy Spirit. He needs to be present in you. If he's not present in you yet, let's pray. Let's pray. Find someone to pray with who knows God, whom you think knows God, and come through into the reality of being born of the Spirit. It's real. It's tangible. It's powerful. And it doesn't put us to shame. I remember my dad trying to argue me. He was a good arguer. He didn't believe in God, and we would have these discussions uh, down the hallway. And uh, and and he would, we would, you know, he would stick to his point. But I'd say, Dad, I know he's real. I can feel him right now inside me. You know, when the reality of God is there, arguments just fall by the way. They're useless. You know, they they uh, They take second place to the reality of Jesus in you. That's what's going to impact those around us. Hallelujah. May the God of hope or all, of all hope fill you with joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And that's my prayer. That's I believe it's God's will. Talking about the hope of his coming. Our hope extends beyond when Jesus comes. When He comes, we will receive an everlasting body, an eternal body. We'll be flying around the galaxies. Who knows? You know, we just—it's—we it's, just don't know what the fullness of what will happen. We may think there's a lot to look forward to in this life. I tell you, the best is yet to come. So, but it talks about the absoluteness of this you know God cannot lie and speaking there about his oath and his promise he's declared clearly his promise for us that that we will have life through his son and he's he's sworn on that he's made an oath it's impossible for God to lie so that we might have strong encouragement again to hold fast to the hope set before us we have reason, and it talks about, again, an anchor to the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. That's what Jesus did for us. So our hope is not just to our home or to our, even to our church, but our hope it goes right where Jesus went for us all. That's to the very dwelling place of of the Father, the very dwelling place of God himself, so that we have this anchor chain that goes all the way right into God's presence itself. And if we, like a ship in a storm that is anchored, and so that it, no matter that storm may go over and pass through, the ship may go up and it may go down, it may twist this way and that, but if that ship is anchored well, it will remain and endure the storm. And so God is saying to us that we have this anchor through Christ right into the presence of God, the Holy of Holies. And therefore, uh, uh, Paul to the Ephesians says, having the eyes of our hearts enlightened so that we may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance That's in us. His hope is in us. And so if if that hope is to be realised, we are called to place our hope in him. Amazing passage. Now unto him who is able to do... Let's read this together. Now unto him, him who is able to do far more abundantly than all what we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And I, this, is one of my, this is my favourite scripture, actually. It was uh, 20 years ago, anyway. But those who hope in the Lord, you might be feeling weary coming into this year, but the promises those who put their hope In the Lord will renew their strength. This is going to be a year of renewal for us as a a congregation. We're believing that God is going to bring amazing renewal among us. And it comes as we look, as we wait, as we trust, as we put our hope in the Lord. It says, We'll soar on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary, and walk and not faint. And one of the, uh, one of the passages uh, in that it talks about us, as far as the promises of God, we run into them. We actually flee into the grace, the faith of our God.